Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Thank you. My name is Brad. If I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors here, and it is a joy and privilege to be serving you this morning and delivering like a good uh, delivery boy for Domino's would do, delivering the Word of God. Because it's the Word of God that changes lives, amen? It's when the Holy Spirit breathes upon His Word that something in your life can start to get a transformation. See, information alone is useless. But when information turns into a revelation, you get a transformation in your life. And that revelation is when you realize that that isn't a man up there speaking, that isn't just some words, but God is speaking to me. So I'm just a delivery boy this morning. I've got a good word for you, so I hope you're ready to receive. But before we do, we've got a few things to get through, a couple of things, sorry, to get through that I'm excited about. I said last week, um, I'm going to invite... Uh, I think I forgot, I'll get that in a second. I'm going to invite, we want to celebrate and look at um, this month of January, some of our vision-focused areas. And if you've been around Kalamunda longer than three minutes, you know that one of our key areas is our youth and the next generation and our mission and what God does. And I've been coming to the Friday nights this year and God is doing amazing things, isn't He? In our, in our youth mission on Friday nights, as commu- we reach the community in different ways. So we, I just want to celebrate last year, we want to do a bit of an intern grad. So I'm going to invite our interns from 2023 on the screen. I'm going to ask Abby and Caden to come up and we just want to celebrate and congratulate you for doing the internship. And Sky, can you bring a little gift up? Thank you. Hey, I just want to say congratulations. Yeah, that's a little, just a bit of a, something to get through the sermon while you're sitting there. Yeah, so. Um, now, thank you so much. You guys did the internship last year, and in my usual fashion, without any notice at all, what was your highlight? Um, honestly, I loved the, the intern sessions that Jess Pendle ran. Um, just so much, like, being able to have a foundation of biblical knowledge um, and her to be able to share that with us and kind of apply that to leadership and just really equipping us for where we're at. I think my favourite one was probably the personalities one and we did one on your calling and talked about who we are and then from there we found our passion and it really clarified a lot for my 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 passions and my vision and my future. So yeah, that'd probably be that. Thanks, Abby. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, mine was um, definitely similar. Mine was... Um, Probably vision, mission, and value, and also a session we did on the beginning, which is God, um, because when you want to go back to the beginning, you've got to see God, and um, yeah, he just absolutely overflowed wisdom and understanding and kindness um, towards us, and he just showed me to himself to be my rabbi, basically, um, and vision, mission, and value, it brings us back to what matters, what truly matters, and the one quality that matters, which is to know Jesus and be like Jesus. So, awesome. yeah. Thanks. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. And stay here. I'm going to pray. But, um, yeah, I just want to say and just say, Abby, like this last year, your biblical knowledge and your hunger for God's Word was transformational. And I was just so proud of how you have just devoured God's Word. And, and, just, and I want to acknowledge Jess is on our... Jess Pendle, uh, she is doing the media and just want to honour her for the time and effort. Last year, she voluntarily gave up more, more than a day a week to help me because if, if I run leadership sessions, I just do all the things I want to do. So I just do my hobby horse stuff, you know. And But Jess came in and she rounded some stuff out because Jess was an intern before. And so she had lived the experience. And so this year, part of our vision is bringing Jess on to help us and she's creating content and helping deliver content. And you, she's in a sweet spot there, isn't she? Like, yeah, amazing. And uh, Caden, just want to say, Caden did communion today. And wow, if when I'm, you got baptised last year. <laughs> Caden got baptised last year. Caden, man, the journey you've been on and the growth in you is phenomenal. And I just want to say I'm so proud of you and uh, it's been a great year. So I just want to bless you guys and uh, pray a blessing over you as you go into into the future. Because my heart is that at Kalamunda, we raise up our own leaders. I, I, we, I don't want to be doing a call out. Can we find somebody to come and help? No, we're a leadership development here and that we raise them up in-house. 
because we've got so many wonderful, and not, it's not just young leaders, we've got other people that God is bringing on board in Kalamunda um, in all ages of life who God is calling to leadership here. Um, and on that side note, we're actually, uh, we're, we're changing this year, we're shifting, we're actually putting some pause on some of our leadership culture and going, how can we do leadership better this year? And so we're in the path, in the, in the process of developing pathways. Side note. Anyway, I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you for Abby, I thank you for Caden, Lord, and I just bless these guys. I thank you for the year they invested last year, and I thank you and praise you that they're still here serving this year. Would you just bless them as they go into their future? And Father, as they continue to serve, continue to, to love you, would you just lead them and guide them? And everything that they gained last year in you, Father, I pray it would direct them and propel them forward in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you guys. Thank you. And now I want to introduce to you our new youth interns for 2024, and they are Toby, Isla, and Talia. I knew who they were. I just waiting. Can you guys come up? Toby, Isla and Talia. So for, for all the people here I just realised that may be going, what do they do? So youth internship, they give up their whole Friday to come and serve. From 9am they start. Um, part of the, 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 the day is in the morning is all sort of more planning and impartation. They go through a leadership session with myself and Jess. Um, pastor Tim Phipps, our youth pastor, plans the Friday because Friday is a big day around here, just saying. And then for the afternoon, it's so practical. So we believe that they should be imparted spiritually and in leadership formation and spiritual formation. And then they serve all afternoon till about midnight when you get to go home and go, gee, that was a big day. And they do. And they serve on the youth team. And um, so I just want to welcome you guys. I'm so looking forward to what God's going to do in your guys' journey. I'm going to ask Tim, you want to jump up, mate? I'm going to get you to pray and bless you guys as we go into this new year and as you guys intern. So they went through an application process, have an interview, and then uh, we're so excited how God is going to, uh, what he's going to do in your life. And really that's the internship me and Tim were talking about. It's, it's not so much what you guys bring. It's what God's going to bring to you through us this year. So, Tim, can you pray a blessing over him? Of course. Father, I uh, thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ standing beside me, Lord, for these amazing young adults who have given up their time to say, you know what, God, this year it is yours. Would you do with me as you please? And God, I pray that you would give them every spiritual blessing, awaken their gifts this year, Lord. Would you heap on them wisdom, knowledge, understanding? God, would they know your spirit intimately? Father, I pray that you would just continue to build in them this, this habit to just be on their knees before you in the morning, God. Would you build in them their, their qualities of leadership, God? Start to pull out of them their gifts. And God, we just, we thank you in advance for what you are going to do, for the leaders you are going to grow them into, and Lord, for the way that you are going to change their lives. Father, would you bless them? Would you keep them? Lord, as the enemy comes against them, Lord, I pray your angels would surround them. You would protect them with your mighty shield. And God, we just cannot wait for what you are going to do through them and through wildfire this year. In Jesus' mighty name, the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, yeah, you probably wonder what happens on a Friday night. Um, I haven't seen the next video, so I pray that the editing was all appropriate. Um, but let's just look to the screens for a bit of what happens around uh, the church on a Friday day and night.
Yeah. So, so basically, the main prerequisite, prerequ the thing you need to be able to do if you come to youth is jump, all right? There's just a lot of jumping. It's like, <laughs> it's a lot of jumping. Now, nah, that's so good. I just want to highlight, yeah, so thank you for putting that together with very short notice. Um, as we go, we haven't, I just want to extend a warm welcome to everyone too here this morning and say that one of the ways we worship is through giving. And if we can jump back to the four ways to give we have, and I just want to highlight that all of our youth uh, area is now in our mission faith promise part of the budget. So the faith promise there is uh, talked about last week and we had a testimony of how God providing supernaturally through people, uh, who, what they've pledged. And so uh, in the next couple of weeks, as I said, around, uh, the 25th, um, we're going to do Vision Sunday and we're going to give you a bit of an update, all things church, a bit of a like, all things across the board, what's happening, where we're at, you know, um, wonderful to see the salvations that we've had lately and things like that and, and also financially how we're going. Uh, so off the top of my head, I think somewhere between forty dollars to $50,000 has come in on faith promise already of the $150,000 pledged. And so praise God for how he's moving. And so just want to say thank you for those that, that give. If you're, if, if you're part of the family here, then that's just how we worship is to, is to uh, invest in what God is doing in and through the life of our church. It's more than keeping the lights on. It's keeping spiritual lights on in people's hearts and lives. And so, so thank you for that. And now, without anything further, I don't think I had any other videos or anything, I want you to all now just uh, grab your tablets, your screens, your Bibles, your scrolls, whatever you brought with you, and turn to the most famous chapter in the whole Bible. Just turn there, go there. I don't even need to say it. You're just going to go there. Just turn, turn there. And while you're turning there, I'm going to tell you a story about a friend of mine, because we're talking about vision this, this month, and I want to talk about our outward-focused, gospel-centered vision. I've got a friend, and I took a, he's got a beautiful photo of him. His name's Lucas, and um, he's a friend of mine, and I uh, caught up with Lucas not that long ago and we were having a bit of a coffee and chat and just hearing his story really encourages me because the thing about Lucas is, see, I, as you may, many may not know, I, I sh I'm a sheep shearer in my past life and I still shear a few hobby sheep. I love shearing pets with names and Lucas is actually, this is true, a toilet trained weather. <laughs> Lives inside, has a portrait of himself in his room. <laughs> I am not lying. Lucas... Um, he went through a bit of a time in his life where he went through a rough time where he was on the streets. And when Lucas was on the streets, he was in a, a position that is known as being lost. And the good thing about Lucas's story is he, he was on his way to a dinner plate at a restaurant. And this kind, beautiful couple who I know, friends of mine, they found him and they've got a rescue farm and they rescued Lucas and suddenly they rescued him. They didn't just rescue him and bring him into the rescue farm. They rescued him and they toilet trained him and they gave him a room and they put him at the table and Lucas was no longer just living in a paddock. He was living in a palace. And Lucas now, to this day, enjoys life. He's very blessed. He loves it because he knows that his destiny has been completely altered by somebody's heart of compassion and mercy for him. And that's the vision of our church, that the sheep that are lost would be found in Jesus' name. So let's read it. Let's read it. Let's read. Let's read. Let's read. It is uh, the most famous verse. Who's there? Shout it out if you're there. John, Genesis 1, John 3.16. Come on, Gigi, give it up. It's Psalm 23. It is the most famous verse of chapter. I said I should have maybe stipulated that. I would say John 3.16 is the most famous verse. But when you see a chapter that's both famous for non-Christians and Christians alike, it'll be Psalm 23. And the, the devastating thing for me is that so many people have heard Psalm 23, been to the funeral, heard the funeral, bought the shirt and come home. Oh, that's a thing. And they're like, they, they, they know the psalm, but you know what? It has an impact on them. It's a dangerous psalm and some know that I've spoken on this psalm before, but God really brought it back to my heart when I started preparing this sermon this morning. Not really. But when I, this week, he brought it back and he said, I want you to come from a different angle. There's something in this psalm, and he's whispered something in my ear that I'm about to shout in yours from Psalm 23, because it's only six verses. It's only six verses, but it's six verses that paint the picture of God's vision to be an outward-focused, gospel-centered church. That people who are far from God, who are lost like sheep without a shepherd, who are far and strayed away, would come back into the flock of God and come back to know Him. And, and it's such a powerful psalm. It speaks to so many different people this morning. It speaks to you wherever you're at. This psalm will speak to you even if you don't know God. 
because it speaks to people who are far from him. This psalm will speak to you if you are uh, desperate for a change in your life, desperate for transformation. Uh, This psalm will speak to you if you're experiencing things stealing from your life and stealing areas in your life, the devil attacking how God can restore. I'm just going to read it. Let's go. This Psalm 23, and you probably, probably don't even need to look there, says this, Psalm of David. David. You know David in the Bible? I love David in the Bible. Love him out of the Bible. But David, he's great. This is what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm reading the New King James. It'll be different on the screen. So please uh, deal with that. It says this. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And this is what God whispered in my ear for this year, for 2024, that I want to shout in yours is this. He says, in 2024, I want to restore. The word, this is not Brad speaking right, restore. There is a word that someone needs to get here this morning and it's the word restore in this year. He says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over, my cup overflows. And verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to land on, he restores my soul. And in 2024, this is the year of restore, restoring things that God wants to do in our life. Father, I just pray right now that you would just speak through your word and your Holy Spirit. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, the first thing I just want to, I just want to walk through this. And I love that the first thing David said is I love how he goes, the Lord is my shepherd. See, David's writing this psalm in the, in the first part of the psalm. He's writing it in the view of a sheep towards a shepherd and then in the last part he's writing it as a guest at a banquet Um, but I love how he personalized it and he wrote from the perspective I'm just a sheep and the Lord is my shepherd in fact 200 times in the Bible over 200 times I should say it refers to us as sheep and if that does not concern you See, there's a, lot of th- th- a few things about sheep. People say sheep are stupid. They're not really. They're just frustrating. They're really frustrating. Another thing about sheep is they, uh, they, they cannot clean themselves up. They get dirty. There's a thing called crutching where you go and crutch them because they cannot even wipe their own backsides. That's the truth. Sheep get dirty. Sheep have a tendency to wander off. And whenever you're in a sheep flock, there is always that one. If you're, not think, if you're thinking, who is that one, I'm sorry to tell you, in this flock, you might be that one. <laughs> it's always that frustrating one. It's over here and over there. and it's always, You get them all in. And, and sheep are hard to move around. And, and there's so many things about sheep. And they refer to us in the Bible. And there's so much. But the key thing about sheep that we relate to as sheep is sheep are completely dependent on their shepherd. 100% dependence for everything in their life. And this psalm is all about that. They're completely dependent on the shepherd. And notice he says, he's my shepherd. David is saying he's Lord of the universe, but he's the lover of my soul. He's saying he's ruler over the heavens, but he's in my household. He's saying he puts stars in the space, but he put the sparkle in my eyes. He's saying he holds the whole world in his hands, yet he's got my problems, my personal problems with him this morning and he's holding them. He's that personal to David. He's my personal shepherd. He said, he's my shepherd. And David said, my real identity, even though I'm a king. See, David was a king. He knew what it was like. This psalm was most likely written in the older years of David when he had a lot of wisdom, most likely. And he's looking back upon his life. And he pens these words in, with, with so much spiritual history with God. And he's like, even though I'm a king... Even though I know my royal identity, my greatest title, my greatest position, he says, is not in the palace, it's in the paddock. Because the greatest position is not the letters before my name, it's my shepherd. 
It's the one who has my soul in his hands. It's the greatest position I hold is just to be in the flock of God. The greatest position is not my royalty. It's my shepherd. He is my shepherd. And I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter what we acquire, no matter, no matter how much we get in this world, how many, how many things we gain, what good is it to gain the whole world but lose your very soul? That's what the, Jesus said. He was very serious about that. And I'm not against gaining things in this world. I believe the people in this building should be the most prosperous people in Calamunda and beyond in the city of Perth. I believe you should be prospering in all things that God would prosper us in. And I believe in that. But the greatest prosperity is the shepherd of your soul and you know him in your heart. You take everything else away. That is all that you need. And David said, that's the most important thing is my shepherd. See, everybody here this morning has a shepherd. Your shepherd is what's leading your life. Your shepherd is what's guiding you. Your shepherd's what's motivating you. Your shepherd is what you're feeding on, is what's, what, what really is the God of your life. Your shepherd could be pleasure. Your shepherd could be money. And what's motivating you, it could be control. It could be popularity. It could be image. It could be relationships on earth. Whatever these earthly treasures are, they're, they're, they're false shepherds. That's why uh, Peter said this way. He said, and when the chief shepherd appears, the chief shepherd, Jesus is the chief. He is the one you need as the shepherd of your life. If he's not guiding your life, you haven't got the chief shepherd. It's not up to Brad to be the pastor. Now I'm a shepherd here. We've got elders that are shepherds. But don't rely on us for everything because I tell you, you're going to be dismally disappointed. But rely on the chief shepherd in your life. His name is Jesus. I remember years ago, 2010, I met a guy called Jimmy. And I didn't plan to say this, but Jimmy was about 93 or 4 years old. And we were living in Townsville at the time. And I went in and had spent time with Jimmy on Wednesday mornings and he couldn't really walk. He was in a wheelchair and he'd become a Christian at 92 or 3, whatever it was. And he said to his daughter, who, daughter-in-law who'd led him to the Lord, he said, would that pastor of yours come and spend time with me? And I said, I would love to and I would sit with Jimmy. And I looked on the wall and he had like these, these, these certificates from Harvard, these certificates from uh, all the most famous universities that you've been to. He was part of working on the first idea around nuclear bomb weaponry and that sort of thing. Like he had all this stuff and here I am, a 29-year-old sheep shearer from the paddock t- telling him things he's never learned before, opening up the Bible with him and saying, you know what, Jimmy, Jesus is the most important thing and he would just love it and then he'd fall asleep and then I'd have to go home and then I'd come back next week and said, can we pick up where you fell asleep from last week and we'd do it again week after week and about four months later, Jimmy passed away way and it was such an awesome thing to be asked to do his funeral to stand there and go you know what Jimmy is no longer hunched over no longer in a wheelchair but he's in heaven doing cartwheels he's he's up there with wildfire youth just jumping like wild <laughs> he's up there doing that you know what I mean and why because what good was it for him to gain the whole world when he finally found the chief shepherd Jesus was the thing and David says he's my shepherd is he your shepherd this morning I pray he's your shepherd this morning the chief shepherd everyone has one peter wants us to know that he is the chief shepherd when i think of shepherd i think of uh, uh, football and uh, I, I couldn't go past this point without talking about the mighty muck and boot and rams in 1998 winning the grand final and i share somebody here who was on that team phil this morning who knows the glory days but i remember that year was so good because in football terms a shepherd when you shepherd somebody it's when somebody's got the ball and they're going to do something constructive but the enemy's coming to get them so you get in the way and you take the hit you take the brunt you take the force and you shepherd that person so that person feels nothing and they just go on about doing what they're meant to do but you take the hit for them and i'll never forget We had imports back then, so we would pay players from Perth to come and play because not enough locals. We had a guy that had played for the Eagles, and uh, he was really good. And I remember I was just a very cocky 19-year-old, and uh, first year back, and I remember when I was at the bottom of a pack, I saw a guy from the other team who I didn't, had a bit of a thing with, a bit of a vengeance with, and I just, just took this moment where his head was right in line with my foot, and it was like, I could just really kick him in the head right now. It's probably not the right thing to do. And he's a bit bigger than me, but I'm going to do it. So I did it. And I kicked him in the head. And it wasn't good because he looked back with me with eyes. Like, I'm going to be killed. So I run the other way because that's what I do. And I'm thinking, and as soon as he's coming after me, big, this big guy called Ben who played for the Eagles comes through. He sees him and he sees this poor 19-year-old Brad getting picked on over here. Like, and he comes through and he shepherds me. He just takes this guy out and puts him to the ground. And this guy's like almost crawling off. He's all winded. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. 
See, the shepherd, when you shepherd, you take the hit for them. And I want to encourage you this morning, what we celebrate to be a gospel-focused church is Jesus took the hit for you. He took the hit for you. And here's the thing. I started a fight I couldn't finish, and I'm sorry to tell you, so have you, and the fight's called sin. You started it. We can't finish it, but praise God on the cross. He says, it is finished. And Jesus shepherds us and finishes the fight because why? He is a good shepherd. He is a good shepherd. And we want to be about the gospel around here. David knew what it was for Jesus, for God, I should say, to take the hits for him. The thing about the shepherd too, also, when you know him as your shepherd, you hear his voice. Jesus said in John 10, he said, my sheep listen to my voice. They know me and they follow me. In fact, in that time with shepherds, they would go to a dam where, or a watering hole and all, the she- all different flocks of sheep would be there, all different ones, and they had different shepherds. But the thing would happen is when, when the, the shepherd of the certain sheep that was his flock would call them, see, he would lead them out, he would call them, and they would know his voice. They were so familiar with his voice that they would respond and move. The other ones wouldn't because they didn't know his voice. And I want to tell you this morning, prophetically in my heart, God is calling the names of people in our community. He's calling the names of people in your workplace. He's calling the names of people in your family. And he's calling them by name. And we need to be praying, Lord, let them hear your voice and come to the good shepherd. That's why we are redemptive. That's why on Friday night, yes, they have fun and jump and, and, and they do an amazing job, all our youth team and Tim, but it is about the gospel and they don't hold back about Jesus. They don't hold back about Jesus and people every week have an opportunity to respond. Our, our, our young people have opportunity to pray, have opportunity to be ministered to, have opportunity to grow. And that is so important to the vitality and to the future of our church as we shepherd a generation for Jesus. Do you know his voice this morning? It goes on the rest of the psalm, just to give you this overview. The rest of the psalm is all about what life is like when Jesus is your shepherd. Brad, what's life like? If I'm to follow Jesus, what should life be like? Well, Psalm 23, you could be here for years talking about it. But the first thing he says is, when he is your shepherd, he says, I lack nothing or I have all that I need. He is my shepherd, I shall not want. That confused me for years. Why don't you want him? I shall not want. What it actually means is, because I sat in church for years, but no one explained that to me. I'm not blaming anyone else because I'm pretty thick. But I shall not want means I shall not be in need. I shall not be in lack. Everything you need in your life, if Jesus is your shepherd, you shouldn't have to worry about it. You shouldn't have to worry about it. You hear the story about the guy that had all this stress in his life, all this worry? And he said, you know what, I'm going to employ somebody. I'm going to pay someone to do my worrying for me. So he got this guy and he said, mate, I'll give you a million dollars a year to do all my worrying for me. This guy said, okay, I'll take it on, absolutely. And he's telling his friend, oh, mate, life is so good now. He's at the beach drinking a cocktail, loving life. He said, you don't look worried at all. His mate said, no, no, I've got someone. I'm paying someone to do that. He goes, how much are you paying him? He said, a million dollars a year. He said, how can you afford that? He said, well, that's for him to worry about. So Jesus wants to take on all of your worry. And he, guess what? You can afford him because he's free. And you can afford him. He's, he's, we are to- sheep are totally reliant on their shepherd for every need, for every feed, for everything, everything. He supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory. What would it look like if we got up in the morning, every morning this week, and we're doing it as a church leadership, really saying, Lord, thank you that you provide all our needs. We're, ex- we're looking at extending this year our staff. I'm just putting it out there. We're extending a, a, another part-time staff. There's going to be more information on that. And we're trusting God because we need it. We need support in certain areas. But hey, do we have the money right now? Well, giving is, is going okay. And we're going to give an update on that in a few weeks. But we believe we need to keep up with what God wants to do for the ministry here. And, but we're trusting Him. He's the source. He's the provider. Not me, not you, Him. But He'll come through us to fulfill needs and and he's saying David's saying man I have everything I need if I've got Jesus I've got everything a lot of you know our story I didn't work for over 18 months in terms of a physical work going through going through hospital and things like that and we saw God provide in stupidly miraculous ways he is a provider and if one thing he taught me through that is he said Brad stop being so hurried and worried in your life preaching to myself right now thank you this is this is 
therapy I don't even have to pay for. <laughs> don't be so hurried and worried. When was the last time the Holy Spirit was hurried and worried? Oh, yeah, it's probably not. And he lives in me. He shall supply all my need. Don't go chasing your provisions. Chase the shepherd. Chase the shepherd. Don't go running after stuff, but seek first the kingdom of God and everything you need will be supplied unto you. I love that scripture that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love hearing some stories even of last week about vision, about people taking initiation to do things with the vision God's got for your life this year. And I believe he's going to provide as you align, you delight yourself in him and your desires of your heart just shape his direction, go his way. And every need, every resource is there. Every resource is there. Then it says this, uh, shepherds take care of their sheep. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's interesting that one is because I did some study on where these sheep actually um, lived in the mountains and in that area. And it doesn't look to me like they lived in luscious green pastures. Look it up, but it does not look like that when I, when I did a bit of study on it. It actually looked like they lived in a, quite a, a hill, rocky country, these sheep. And shepherds would take their sheep across this hill, rocky country. But when you dig down deep around rocky areas, around rocks, because it was so humid and the little bit of rain that they did get every year, so humid and, and the rain around the rocks would spring out where there was a little bit of moisture, these green feeding spots. And I say that to say, I really believe, that, excuse me, when David is saying this, he's saying, he, when he says that, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Yes, he's looking after our physical needs. Yes, he's looking after uh, our peace and our rest and our health and all that sort of thing. But it's a step by step because the shepherd would take the sheep to one feed. He would feed and get nourishment there, but he would have to trust the shepherd for the next bit, the next step, the next step. And I don't know about you, but the Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And sometimes in life, you've just got to go to the next step and trust God I don't know how I'm going to get my next feed from God but I've got to go to the next step and I've got to go to the next I don't know how I'm going to get through this but he's leading me and guiding me and yes I can trust him the reason it's lush and green is because he's with me and he is my source not the feed and I love that thought he 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 leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes or he restores my soul he guides me along the right paths for his namesake do you see that? Do you see everything that we need is reliance on the shepherd? And I love this, which is where I really want to land on. He wrote, he restores my soul. That's really the word that God's quickened to me for people here this morning. He wants to restore you, an area of your life. See, even though David knew him as shepherd and Lord, he knew what it was like to fall into sin and temptation. Even David knew what it was like to look at Bathsheba in the bath and not stop looking. You can laugh, it's okay. He looked and he turned into a lust, the lust turned into a lie, lie turned into deception, deception turned into conspiracy and gave birth to sin physically and turned into death because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, but hey, the way sin does lead to death, amen? And that's the truth of the gospel is that Jesus came because he knew the wages of sin leads to death. And David knew this. He knew what it was like to be down and to know, you know what, My, I need restoring here. I feel like I've just stuffed up and I don't know if I can go on. Is there any hope for my future? And maybe you're here this morning and you know that same feeling. Can I really go on in this new year? But shepherds would restore sheep. In fact, there's a term that is known about in sheep, which is called a cast sheep, cast sheep. And what a cast sheep is, when a sheep gets so fat, and trust me, shearing sheep in the Perth Hills where they live on all this lush green grass, I, I know personally, not just Lucas, a lot of fat sheep. And they get so fat, they fill up, fill up, fill up. They're, someone once said, we're, so, we're educated Christians in church are educated way beyond their obedience. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I feel that one too. You know what I mean? It's like we get more, we get this, but come on, let's just do what God's called us to do and stay true, stay lean. Eh? Amen. Anyway, that's another sermon. So sheep get so fat, and what happens is what would happen, they would fall over and they would get cast in a cast position, their feet are up, and they cannot get up. And on a hot day, a sheep like that can die within hours. So a good shepherd, 
A good shepherd would have his eyes on his sheep and would know his flock. And he would know how many were in his flock. And he would look around and on a certain day, if he saw, hey, Lucas is missing today. Where's he gone? And he'd notice a missing sheep. And what he would first do, he'd go, you know what? I hope it's not cast somewhere. So he would leave the rest of the flock, run to find this sheep and hopefully see it when it's cast. And if it's cast over in that position, this is where the word restore my soul comes from. It is he would literally pick it up and turn it over and he'd do two things. He would restore it, catch this, he would restore it to its feet and to the flock. That's restoring its soul, bringing life. You can't do this. You can't save yourself. You're in a position of, I don't know about you. I might be the only one here. I know what it's like to be a cast Christian, to be over and to be uh, just totally stuck and I cannot move on and I need the grace of God. I need the help of God. And he comes like a good shepherd and he picks you up and he restores your soul. He restores you in forgiveness. He restores you in grace. He restores you in mercy. And you go back to your feet and to the flock because God wants you in the flock. In the flock, they're protected. In the flock, they're directed. In the flock, they've got that protection and, 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 and not less prone to wander. But Jesus is like, stay in the flock. That's why I love the local church. I love the local church. Has the local church hurt me more than any non-Christian? Yes. If you could tell, has the local church hurt you more than any person that's not a part of it? Yes. It is, the church is full of people and problems. And if you just stopped coming, it would be better joking who would ever say that from the pulpit but hey I want to say something that God spoke in my ear this week he said Brad your church is full of problems and guess what problems equal opportunities for me to work so bring your problems bring your brokenness bring everything bring the addictions bring where you're struggling bring it all to Jesus because every problem is an equal a miracle far out I don't want a church with no problems oh I don't want that's ridiculous that's a fake family and we want, to be, we want to be authentic in Kalamunda. We're a real church with real problems, with real people. And I praise God that I get to do my journey with the people around me here at Kalamunda because I genuinely love you guys. And I love that we get to serve together and go on a journey together. And I'm still working my stuff out as you're working your stuff out. What a great place to be. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. And then he says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death or through the darkest valley, you're... I don't fear. I love that. I don't fear because you're with me and you've got weapons, your rod and your staff. I'm comforted by the fact that my God is not powerless. That's what he's saying. David's saying, I'm comforted by the fact that my God is all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, and he's imparted all that. And guess where all that lives? On the inside of me. That's why, as one preacher said, when you say grace, you look down. Do you want to talk to the Lord? He's in you. He's in you. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. And he says, even though I'm going through the darkest valley, he says, my problems are never as big as my shepherd's presence. In fact, the presence of these problems is not the absence of God. The presence of these problems may be that I'm right where God wants me to be so he can do a work in my life. You know, every year holds uncertainty, doesn't it? I'll get the team to come back up in a moment if that's okay. We're going to Go out with a worship song. Every team, every year holds uncertainty and 2024 is a big question mark in so many ways. So many things that as I look back over my years, I don't know what's going to happen this year. And you don't know what's going to happen this year. And so it's so important to have a sermon like this, I believe, every year where we position ourselves to go, hey, the Lord is my shepherd. I I can walk the darkest valleys I can walk through. I don't know what's going to happen, but like Job, who had his health taken away, had his wealth taken away, had his family taken away, had everything taken away, was there with just sores all over his body and a misery mess. And Job said this, he said, I don't know what's going on. But he made a statement, he said, but I do know my Redeemer lives. And he said, I'm operating not out of what I don't know. I'm operating off the revelation I do know. And Jesus lives. If you can get that in your heart this year, he lives. He's got hope for you. It doesn't matter how cast over you are. It doesn't matter what that thing looks like. He has got hope to restore you to your feet and to the flock. He says, uh, I love that how it says, the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow of death. Even even the, the fear of death And sin has been taken from us, yeah? The fear of death. It says it's like a shadow that 
you know, not, generally speaking, statistics are pretty true that 100% of people die. Generally speaking. And we're all going to just, the word death in the Bible means separation. And your spirit will separate from this earthly tent, this body. And the Bible says if you're a Christian, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so that's going to happen, but it's, death is now just a shadow. Did you know that a shadow of a knife cannot cut you? The shadow of a gun cannot shoot you. The shadow of somebody cannot hurt you. But so often in life, and the youth have been speaking about this on Friday nights, fear, faith over fear. We're jumping at shadows. We're jumping at shadows. And shadows have no power. But they're just as the power we give them. But I want to hear to tell you something this morning. David said, I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil because it's just a shadow. It's not even going to touch me. It's not going to harm me. I am protected and directed by my shepherd. I'm not jumping at shadows. Amen. Anxiety is a shadow. Fear is a shadow. God says, hey, trust me. I'm your shepherd. I'm your shepherd. He says, oh, where am I? Two verses left. (laughs) I haven't got that one written. Go to the next one, please. Thank you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. In God's economy, there's only one word, and that word is abundance. He's got abundance. He really challenged my heart this week to say, Brad, I want your cup to overflow. You've been giving out a lot, and you need to let me give in to you and overflow. And I say that to everyone here. You're, most, you're, you're, you're as effective as your overflow. You are as effective as your overflow. And this is my overflow today, by the way, because I haven't got many notes left. But He wants to fill you to spill you. <laughs> he wants to grow you to, so you can do a work that only He could do. And, and I just love this verse. You anoint my head with oil. And I want to tell you, every person here has an anointing from God, something that you are called to do. This church is not a spectator sport at Kalamunda. We are not a spectator church. We're a participation church. You are anointed to be in this place. And like I said, God said to me this year, Brad, what are you believing me for? That looks impossible. And there's so many things. But one of the things I'm believing God for this year, as your pastor, if I can share my heart, I'm believing God to raise up people that, that, that would come into to roles and service in our church that would, they would be in their flourishing zone, so kicking goals for the kingdom. And, and I said to God, I said, and I believe a lot of these people I haven't met yet because they're not in our building yet. I believe a lot of these people we haven't met yet because they're still high on drugs. A lot of these people we haven't met yet because they're stuck in addiction or they're, in, they're, they're, they're out there in the community because we are an outward-focused, gospel-centered church and the people are coming. Any, we, we, and I don't, I'm not, you know my heart if you know me. I'm not all about numbers and people, but I'm a, sorry, I'm not all about numbers. I'm all about people. And every person is a life. And God, give us the heart. Give us the heart to know that we're called. Hey, if you, you've been coming to this church for a while, I want to say something to you and hear it from my heart. It's not about you. And I mean that with grace. It's not about you. It's not about me anymore. Yes, should you grow here? Yes, should we have discipleship here? Should we empower people here? Yes, absolutely. But we exist for the people who don't know Jesus yet. That is our core focus. That will not apologize for it. If you come and say, oh, I'm not getting anything out of this. You're not meant to. You're meant to be bringing people to Jesus. You're meant to be seeking and saving the lost. And you need to get on board that mission here at Kalamunda. And should you grow and flourish and be cared for? Of course. Secondary to people that don't know Jesus yet. And I'm passionate about that. Why? Because this world is going to hell on the, on the highway very quickly. The things that we see around us, come on, you know this. We can come here and sit with our holy look on and put our holy face on, but we know this world is messed up. And we know that we've got family, we've got people, we've got friends, we've got people in our workplace. Come on, they need Jesus. And you are the answer that God has brought to their situation. You are the Bible that they will read. You are the Jesus that they will experience. And Kalamunda is the place where we will want to empower you and lift you up and grow you to go out and be what God's called you to be. I'm enjoying this. I don't know if you are, but... Getting late. I'm going to finish now. It says this. I'm going to read this last scripture. Thank you for having patience with me. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. If I've ever thought that there's one part of the Bible that was not inspired, it was that. Sounds like heresy. Oh, surely your goodness and mercy, goodness follow me all, David? 
All the days? Are you serious? Where was your goodness on the day that I lost that loved one? Where was your goodness on the day that those parents walked out on you? Where was your goodness on the day that that happened to you that you had no control? Where was your goodness, God, on all them days? I can think of a lot of days when that diagnosis came. Where was your goodness? And I want to say I believe that David could look back in his older more mature self and go, you know what? There was some pretty bad days, but he knew something. If he could be transported into time and go into, into time in the future, he knew Romans 8, 28 that said, I know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And he looks back and he says, hey, I don't, they're not great days, but they were good days. His goodness was even working in my mess. There's some people here this morning, I believe you're probably sitting in a mess. You're sitting in some kind of mess, but you could testify and go, God is still good. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. And my mess is going to become a message. Amen. My trial is going to become a testimony of what God can do in my life. Come on. You can be in a mess and still say, surely your goodness is, you're still good, God, all the days of my life. Because it's all Him. Sky tells me off because I often say I'm about to close now and I don't close now. So I'm going to put my Bible there. But I finished with this. I heard the story of a famous actor and he was out at a dinner party and part this dinner party all the invites were there and all the people that had been invited one person was this old gospel preacher was there and they're all having a wow of a time eating and drinking and this this actor was uh, reciting all these amazing poetry amazing poems and everyone was clapping like it's oh, amazing this guy's amazing he just had him had him you know like eating out of the palm of his hand and this old preacher said hey could you do me a favor could you recite Psalm 23 for me? Because I just love that one. Would you do that for me? And this actor, famous actor said, I'll do it for you on one condition, that you, you recite it after me. He said, no worries. So the actor gets into it and says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he just gives us such eloquence and such majesty that everybody just starts clapping after. That was amazing, amazing. And they're cheering. And he said, your turn, preacher. And the preacher gets up. And this old worn out voice he starts to speak the psalm. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the quiet waters, restores my soul. Yeah, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I won't fear. And he recites the psalm and he finishes it off and no one claps and there's tears in people's eyes and they just can't figure out what's happened. And there's just this big silence and, and people feel the emotion in this man's voice. And they looked at the actor and they said, what was different in your recitals? And the actor looked back and he said, well, you've got to understand, I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. I want to ask you this morning, do you know the shepherd? Do you know him personally? Do you ever, because we uh, exist for you to know the shepherd of your soul. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now and bless a prayer of blessing over us. But as I do, and as we do here at Kalamunda, we give you an opportunity right now to say, I don't know that shepherd. I haven't known Jesus and I want to know Jesus. I want to be forgiven of my sin so that I know when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know my destiny and I know my shepherd. Would you bow and close your eyes, bow your head, close your eyes with me just in this moment because God wants to do a work in somebody's heart here this morning. So if you're here this morning and you would say, yeah, I, need, I actually need to get my life right with God. I've never done this, Brad. I'm actually my own shepherd. I'm leading my own life. And this morning I want to give up that leadership to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer. And while every head is bowed and eyes closed, I would love to know who I'm praying for. And we don't do this to embarrass anybody. We do this so that you get an opportunity, opportunity to respond. Would you just raise your hand and say, oh, I've never done this. Oh, if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, until I see it, and then you can put it down. Yes, sir, I see that hand in the middle, sir. Anybody else want to put their hand? They've never done this before. And make sure I see it because I want to acknowledge you. Just looking across the building again, not to embarrass you. This is your moment with God. Anybody else? Cool. That's it. We just believe it's a spiritual offense not to give people opportunity to know Jesus every Sunday. And people are coming to know him every Sunday here at Kalamunda. So for the person that raised the hand, I just want you to know that as you pray this prayer out loud, it's not a magic prayer, but you, as you confess it, 
The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, He rose from the dead, you will be saved. So we all pray this prayer together and for you praying it out loud for the first time, this is your moment of just giving your heart to Jesus. It's not a religion, you're just receiving His free gift of forgiveness. So let's pray it all together loud and proud. Say, Dear Lord, I come to you this morning a sinner in need of your saving. This morning I've heard how much you love me, that you died for me, that you rose again, that you took my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. I confess my sin to you. And I repent and turn to you, Jesus. Fill me with your power to live for you. And from this day, I'll always be thankful that you died for me. Thank you for washing me clean and giving me a brand new start. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's put our hands together for people coming to know Jesus. Would you... Would you stand with me? Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to hand over to the worship team. And as always, we open the altar up for prayer. But there was something on my heart this morning, and I'm not going to labor it. I just want to say that, that that word that God quickened to me, He restores my soul. And I believe this morning, people, God is calling to respond to that. You don't need to come to the front, you don't, but if you need prayer, we're always available at the front. And if you see people, the eldership team, the prayer team, see people that need prayer, please come and pray for people if you're a designated prayer person. But for some of us, we need that restoration. I know I do, and I've already done my own altar call before today, and I was, I was at the front, and I was praying for myself, and I said, Lord, man, this, this message so touched me again. Because we can't continue on in dryness when we need God to restore our soul. So if that's you this morning, I invite you to come forward during the song, after the song, as um, our worship team close off and we'll stand with you and pray for you. So let me pray a final prayer. Father, I just want to speak that over every person here. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the blessing of God on this house, for your favor on our lives, for every family, for every marriage, for every business, for every workplace. This, I just speak, Father, the good shepherd the good shepherd to lead and guide. I thank you that you are leading this church, Father, and I'm so glad about that because I can't do what only you can do. And we as an eldership cannot do what only you can do. So we admit and surrender and say, Jesus, man, we thank you so much that you're leading us, that you're showing us, that you're guiding us. And we just want to say that we want to give you all the glory and all the praise. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.